What's going on, guys? Uh, you got Evan and Logan from Middle Tech here. This is our second video from this location. Off to a hot start. This is an awesome location. Look at that. Start something awesome. Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and give Awesome Inc. a shout out here. Yeah, we have to. They do want... so much for us and for the community. Oh, absolutely. If you want to learn more about them, awesomeinc.org. They are, uh, they've got awesome events they put on. Space is awesome. They let us use their podcasting equipment and sound like we're not in a, I don't know, metal box. Yeah. Like the old days. <laughs> like the old days. <laughs> not bootstrapping anymore. Thanks to them. Yeah. Uh, how are you feeling after last night? I feel good. I feel better than you do. I'm you pretty me, tired. You let me sleep the entire night. I walked way into work today and everybody's like, why do you have bags under your eyes? <laughs> so but, Evan, uh, Evan and I uh, got to go down and listen to Post Malone. He was great. In concert. We saw him at Bridgestone. Nashville's, yeah. Nashville's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome so we had, we had a, a Middle Tech trip. Um, we expensed the tickets and the food and the gas on Middle Tech. I'm just kidding. We didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we had a great time. Post Malone was awesome. Had some great pizza. He's an awesome performer. Yeah. I, uh, that was actually, I think it was my third or fourth time seeing him and every time is worth it. Yeah. Like he just kills He's it great. every time. Um, yeah, we just recorded with Amy samples, uh, of app harvest. So she's the director of culture over there. And I just really liked this episode because we already recorded with Jonathan yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that episode, uh, was very focused on, you know, the, the product and the company. Yep. We're going to say this again on the episode, but, uh, you know, this episode was very focused on the culture, the ecosystem they're mm-hmm. building in Appalachia, the reasons they're building that ecosystem, because, you know, if you're building a company this big with this big of ambitions, then you have to involve everybody. You know, this is yep. something she said Jonathan realized early, which is great because you can't just raise, you know, $120 million and build this gigantic, you know, greenhouse facility and change the way agriculture works in the United States without really involving the community that's in yeah and making sure you're tied deeply in with the community for talent reasons for support reasons um and so it was just really awesome to hear her talk about that i mean yeah the entire episode was pretty much focused on all these partnerships and, and programs and outreach that they're doing in the community and rightfully so because there is so much stuff that they're doing and so many different organizations that they're um they're helping out and shaking hands with and just helping to get the word of app harvest and uh the farming now movement out there so it was one of those episodes where you'll be able to hear in my voice a couple of times. We just talk about Kentucky and about how great the state is and how great the people here are and, and the future of it. And yeah, you know, long on Kentucky. There's long couple, on Kentucky. There's a couple of times I just, <laughs> I get into it. We're going br- we to bring uh, we're going to bring that hashtag back. What? Long on Kentucky. Oh shoot. Long my on bad. Lex. It's long on Lex. See, I'm tired. Long on Lex. Yeah. He's tired. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So we had a great episode. We're going to go ahead and dive in. We're going to quit, quit yapping here. So we hope you guys enjoy it. Here we go. What's going on, everybody? You've got Evan Knowles here and Logan Jones with the Middle Tech Podcast. We're sitting here with Amy Samples, who's the Director of Culture at App Harvest. So we're looking forward to today's episode. So we had uh, Jonathan Webb on last season, and that that episode was primarily about you know the product App Harvest is going to create, the company, the background on him, uh, and basically their forward-looking you know, vision, which was really exciting. Uh, entrepreneurs are known for this, but 
you give Jonathan like one word and he'd be able to talk for 10 minutes on that yeah. one word. <laughs> and it was really impressive. Uh, it's just amazing how he can articulate what, you know, App Harvest is doing and what they're going to do to the community. Um, and no one, it's no wonder he's able to raise what, $120 million pretty quickly. Uh, and so we're going to dive more into App Harvest on this episode, but we're more so going to talk about, you know, the ecosystem App Harvest is working to create in Appalachia, mm-hmm. the uh, relationships in the community, um, and really the culture of App Harvest. So we're really looking forward to this episode. So thanks for joining. My pleasure. Happy yeah. to be here. Absolutely. So let's back, let's go into your background. Let's jump into your background. Talk about where you're from, your education, and then we'll start getting into your role and your professional life. Sure. My yeah. pleasure. Thanks for the invitation to do so. And I'm really happy to be here with you all tonight. So thanks for having us um, and wanting to hear more about the App Harvest story. We really appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, it's sure. a story we're excited to to kind of build as we go with Kentuckians. And um, like you said, Jonathan has a great vision and I'm so glad to be part of his team. So um, I'm a Kentuckian. I grew up in Lexington. Um, really enjoyed, um, you know, every piece of Kentucky growing up, um, was excited to branch out, um, went away for school for a little bit, undergraduate degree, started my professional career, um, pursued a graduate degree, worked for a while, and then, you know, really wanted to come home to Kentucky. This is a place that sticks with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so finding an opportunity to come home and, um, find work that means so much to me personally and professionally has been very rewarding. Yeah. You're what we call a boomerang. Yes. leave, come back. What uh, what got you interested in the outdoors space and nature and conservation in general mm-hmm. to begin with? Sure. Thanks for the question. I think education has a big piece of it. I first started to think about the environment in fifth grade when I had a teacher who talked to me about um, natural resources and that they're limited and what recycling can do. And that just seemed like it made really good sense to me. You know, my grandfather was a person who um, never let anything go unused. He was a contractor in a construction firm, and he would make the most fascinating creations out of leftover scrap material. Hmm. So that kind of industrious nature has always kind of inspired me. And yeah. um, I also just kind of my love of the outdoors, uh, we grew up going to Lake Cumberland. So being in the water, swimming, seeing turtles and snakes, and understanding that our our activities and the way we move through life has an effect on the natural world and that's really where I came to be passionate about that. Yeah, it seems like Kentucky would be a perfect place to be surrounded by all that constantly because I feel like other states, uh, they have the outdoor aspect of it, but I feel like here in Kentucky and Lexington especially, mm-hmm. you can be in downtown Lexington and in the next 10 minutes you can be out in beautiful horse country and experiencing all this all this beauty around us. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I was in graduate school taking an urban planning course and a case study that came up was Lexington, Kentucky. Our urban service boundary has really served oh, um, awesome. the region very well yeah, in terms of absolutely. concentrating growth. It was way ahead of its time. This is more than 50 years ago. Hmm. Leaders in our community realized what a nat- natural treasure we have. Yeah, so um, creating that kind of structure where we focus all of our, you know, growth in a, in a limited area and allowing um, our pasture land and the wildlands to be mm-hmm. has been something Absolutely. that's helped safeguard kind of a national and natural treasure. That's yeah. awesome. No, I think that's definitely one of the things that differentiates, you know, Lexington from everywhere else. Like mm-hmm. you said, you know, five minute drive from downtown, you're on a horse yeah, farm. There. And that's one of the big draws of the reason I came back. I just loved like, you know, the, the city and, you know, could have, um, gone somewhere else, but, you know, wanted to ultimately come back and help, you know, build Lexington. Part of the reason was the, you know, the, right. the ecosystem, the community here. Um, let's dig in just a little bit to your background professionally. Mm-hmm. You know, you were at the Nature Conservancy. You did a lot of research in Michigan. Mm-hmm. So jump into, you know, those two things. 
Sure. My pleasure. Well, you know, uh, when I was in my early 20s, my parents gave me a couple options. They're like, well, I mean, you can go travel with that band you really want to travel with, or you could go get on that cruise ship with your friend and work as a stewardess, or you could get a grown-up job and get benefits. And I said, um, well, I, 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 I know what my maybe my first choices would be, but um, you know, getting that uh, parental urge to find some responsibility for myself, <laughs> I thought, well, if I'm going to go get a job, it's going to be one that I need to care really deeply and passionately about. So yeah. um, I was doing some seasonal trip leading and having a really great you know, time doing outdoor education with youth. Um, and I decided, well, where can I take this bachelor's degree in you know, natural resources and the nature conservancy was the clear answer for me at the time. So I was really pleased to join their team for about three years um, I worked on both the philanthropy side um, as well as the conservation team. And that was a really unique experience for me to be able to understand both sides of mm -hmm. what it takes to think about natural resources, both from the financial side of things right. as well as, um, you know, the biology and science and planning side. Yeah. Talk about what that company does. When I was looking, I looked into it briefly. It's a huge mm -hmm. worldwide organization, Absolutely. one of the biggest nature conservancy organizations in the world that mm -hmm. helps, you know, with um, – you know, making sure that the ecosystem is kept safe, making sure that we look at the world in a futuristic point of view from food of from the standpoint of population and food. Uh, so talk about, you know, what, what their goal is and what the mission of that, that nonprofit, nonprofit, right? Right. Of what that nonprofit is. Right. Well, it's been a couple of years, so I probably can't give you the mission statement right off the bat like I, yeah, I, yeah. I used yeah. to would have been able to have done. But I think what makes the Nature Conservancy unique is that they preserve, you know, for a long time, one of their taglines was preserving the last great places. And that's still part of, the, you know, their work. Um, all of the lands that are protected are always protected in perpetuity. Mm -hmm. um, the leadership of that nonprofit has has seen folks come through from Goldman Sachs. So there are people who have a really... Um, very impressive business savvy too, who are, have been guiding the organization um, over the past couple decades. So finding the business case for conservation, um, I think is really important um, because, you know, different people have different motivating factors. So mm -hmm. weaving in that narrative and that kind of mentality and philosophy and approach has, has served that organization well. They've actually also more recent in more recent years dug into um, urban conservation efforts. So mm. reforestation, like in Louisville, they have a very large and well-known notorious um, heat island effect. So planting more trees in cities um, and, and using technology to um, monitor what d the different kind of feedback loops are um, has been something that that organization's dug into. I think, I think something interesting that you just hit on there was the relationship between great business leaders coming in mm -hmm. and bringing their experience into that. And I think that's something that's not done enough is tying the financials and the business of conservation mm -hmm. into actually going out in nature and understanding the biology of it. Mm -hmm. And I think tying those two things together is probably one of the most important parts, mm -hmm. uh, I would imagine, of actually getting things done. You have to be realistic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I feel like there's this big shift, thankfully, that all these companies are trying to align their values and their, their company mission statements with conservation. And I would imagine that, that the conservancy... I'm sorry, how do I say it? Nature Conservancy. Nature Conservancy. Yeah, I imagine they were kind of the leading front of that and, and set a great example for that. We did. We have a, a local chapter here in Kentucky, so encourage your listeners to go. kind of learn more about Good that plug. organization. Good plug. There Good, we go. Good friends yeah. still over at the Nature Conservancy. <laughs> You're right. welcome, David. <laughs> <laughs> so you obviously came back to Kentucky after being in Michigan, doing the research. Uh, what brought you back in the first place? You mentioned that you had felt ties back. Mm -hmm. What was the initial thing that brought you back? 
My family. Yeah. Um, I, I have three kids and um, four living grandparents to those children. So nice. having the opportunity to share that circle with um, with them is absolutely a motivating factor. And that drive back to Michigan at the holidays was always like, man, we got to move back to Kentucky. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's just a, a gorgeous drive. place. It's a it place is. where people are proud to be from. Um, my husband would always tease me whenever I would, when people would ask me when we, whenever we lived on the East coast in the DC area or in Ann Arbor, um, people would ask where you're, where are you guys from? And I, I would always say, well, we're from Kentucky, but we live here. So Adam's like, that's probably an annoying answer, and that's too long. So, you know, just cut out a little bit of that and come back and just, I'm from Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. How'd you get in touch with App Harvest? So you were mm-hmm. here how long before you got in touch? Yeah, so I moved back, and I was here for about a year and a half, and I recognized Ramel Bradley, Ramel Smooth Bradley mm-hmm. of the UK Wildcats yeah. fame um, out at a restaurant here in Lexington, and I had been seeing a couple articles about App Harvest popping up, and I was curious. I'm just, you know, I'm pretty new back on the scene, a year and a half in, and I just want to understand what's going on in my community. You yeah. know, things like your podcast help people understand that. Um, so I knew a little bit about App Harvest, so I introduced myself. I said, are you Ramel Bradley, and are you involved with that App Harvest group? He thought I was going to come talk to him about basketball, because <laughs> that's what most people come talk to him about. Right, but I yeah. wanted to talk to him about App Harvest, because I thought – what everything I had read, I really thought that that the the concept had the potential, and now I know has the potential to do great things for the state of Kentucky. Um, it takes things that I'm passionate about, coming from the natural resources world, understanding the positive benefits that come from what I I now know to describe as controlled environment agriculture, um, finding ways to concentrate resources and take harvested rainwater and God-given sunshine and mm-hmm. grow food in a way that is sustainable and we can do it in our backyard and really create more food security were things that I was all really excited about. I didn't have that exact detailed conversation with Ramel right at that moment, yeah. but he and his colleague Dave said, well, we're looking for good people. And I followed up and I'm just thrilled that I'm nice. able to be on that progress team. That's you know, an awesome I love, story. I love hitting on this on stories like this and I, I want to keep pounding it into the heads of the Kentuckians because I don't want it to ever go away is how open people are to have those kind of conversations and to be collaborative and to welcome people in and talk about cool ideas like that. So that I think that's a perfect example. Keep doing it if you're listening and you are doing it. Keep doing it if you're not doing it. Start doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but just Kentucky and supporting each other and stuff Absolutely. exactly like that. Um, we're all about it, for sure. Yeah. Talk about your primary role. So it's director of culture. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What What is what is your day-to-day? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of things right now. We're a startup, and, yep. and you guys are familiar with kind of mm-hmm. the space of, of new projects, and Absolutely. you just do whatever you need to do to get your project moving in the right direction. So That's for sure. A lot of that where, you know, the, the, or the company has been um, building towards uh, 2020 for a, a, a bit, and this is our year. This is our mission critical year. We are um, well underway with construction of our 60 acre mm-hmm. greenhouse in Moorhead, Kentucky. It's yep. it's a sight to see, gentlemen. It's um, and ladies listening. Um, it's um, it's magnificent. I was out there today at the farm. Yeah. And um, there's a lot that goes into it. Both we are literally building um, a gargantuan greenhouse, and we are figuratively building. Um, an ag tech hub here in Kentucky. And that's where a lot of my work and effort is focused is on building a community um, and partnerships that will provide a network 
that mirrors, and you may recall from your conversation with Jonathan, he was talking about we're modeling ourselves and our network after the great work that's happening over in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. It's a very concentrated ecosystem, so to speak. I have to do air quotes on that because it's, yeah. um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hub of activity of both businesses, um, academic institutions, um, community partners, um, that we're trying to get folks uh, talking so that we can create synergies across uh, this great new sector that we're building for the state of Kentucky. So it's everything from chatting with folks in government. Um, we've, we had a, a visitor from government out on the farm today uh, to community partners. We, we have great MOU member understanding agreements with five and working on six different high schools in the state uh, to create programs where students can have uh, hands-on experience with controlled environment agriculture, what that means. Small mm -hmm. microcosm of it, right? But just to give them a, a flavor of what's possible. Um, because when you say, uh, do you want to go into agriculture after you graduate or, you know, whether it be from high school or college, not fewer people are saying that, even though yeah. we come, our, hist our state, our shared state here yeah. has a very rich agrarian history. Uh, we're, in addition to all of the family farms that are, uh, that are thriving and, and, and in the community, small community farms that are out there, we're interested in showing uh, not just the youth, but all of Kentucky what is possible in this new, new to Kentucky ag tech space. Yeah. Makes sense. Let's um, go through a couple of the organizations that you guys are building partnerships with. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the schools, um, nonprofits. One that stuck out to me was, you know, addiction care. Mm -hmm. um, and then another one was uh, the Hindman Settlement School. So talk about, you know, how you think of these partnerships and maybe some reasons why you would partner with an addiction care center right. and, uh, you know, an organization like the Heidman Settlement School. Talk right. about, like, the reasoning behind that and what how that feeds into the ecosystem. Sure. Thank you for that great question. Um, I, th I think I have Jonathan Webb's um, vision to think for having a, a job at App Harvest as early as I did. It's, it would be highly unusual for someone to hire someone like me to do some of the community work when you're pre-revenue. Mm -hmm. That's something that usually gets tacked on a little down the way when people want to talk to you and you need somebody to talk to them. Yep. Jonathan realized that we would never do this alone, that he does not want to do this alone, that we would not be defined by steel and glass, that it's really important to him and to the company and to our entire philosophy and to our eventual success that this is a group effort. So recognizing that there's a strong, rich cultural history here in agriculture um, and, and in community work. And, and with that um, are, are honestly some um, cynical feelings about promises that have been made um, from companies who come in and say, we have answers for you. And then for one reason or another, either it doesn't work out or it's an answer that the company thought was a great idea, but that the community doesn't think is a great idea. Mm -hmm. And that's not the kind of uh, business that Jonathan Webb wants to run. And that's why he has hired this team to really focus on some of these um, partnerships. So to get back to your question, um, Heinemann Settlement School is a 114-year, I think plus now, um, institution out in Knott County uh, that has a very rich history uh, with educating education. Currently, they do a wonderful food waste program and some dyslexia work. It's a wonderful space. I encourage you all to go out to Heinemann if you ever um, um, have some time. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. And so partnering with them and recognizing the value of their food waste system, um, they're, they're doing this um, coalition building as well, wherein they 
support traditional agriculture and small farms and family farms. And they also want to provide some pathways. They're working on, um, they're visioning um, a program. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm at liberty to talk in huge detail and great detail about it, but um, opportunities to provide a kind of an expansive uh, introduction to what agriculture has been, what it is, and what it can be in the future. Mm. And that kind of forward thinking from a historical institution, um, you know, that's a partnership that we want to nurture. Yeah. Um, another one you asked about was the um, addiction recovery care. They're the largest, um, they're a private group that do um, uh, addiction work and, and helping people in recovery and through their recovery. And knowing um, that this is an issue that people in our home state face uh, mm-hmm. throughout Appalachia, this has become an issue. Yeah. It's an issue everywhere in the country, but our, our, our region gets a lot of um, attention for that. A lot of times it's a negative attention. So. Yeah. Um, I appreciate the question. You know, we're not doing it because uh, uh, we want to get credit for it. We're doing it because um, we think that these are some of the folks, and research has shown that these folks who come through recovery are some of the most dedicated people because they've they've walked a walk that none of uh, most of us um, cannot imagine. Yeah. They've they've fought through for some for uh, you know a life that they want to live and. Providing uh, a stable work environment has been shown to reduce um, kind of a relapse situation. So, so that's kind of the research that's there that makes us think it's a good business case, frankly, to yeah. hire these kind of folks uh, who who've had this be part of their story, um, and it's just a piece of of of, the, of you know their experience. So. Creating a community within our labor force is something that we really want to focus on. We want people to walk into an app harvest greenhouse and feel like a rock star. They're going to have their own, you know, uniforms. We're going to have some some programming that's there. Um, we want to do uh, upskilling for folks, uh, really making it be a place where people are proud to work. Yeah. yeah, I love that Jonathan and the whole company is behind this area. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times companies don't think big, big picture in community and state statewide they just think about the the product that they're providing or the mm-hmm. service that they're providing but mm-hmm. after talking to Jonathan and listening to him talk at the Entrepreneur Hall of Fame this guy loves Kentucky mm-hmm. and loves this region and as a Kentucky boy myself who loves Kentucky it just gets me so fired up to right. to listen to him want to solve these addiction problems and want to solve these issues of you know you never think of wanting to go into agriculture when you're well, I take that back. You never think of wanting to go into farming, which is kind of one of the things he said is you sit, you hear kids say, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a doctor. You never hear I want to be a right. farmer and changing that status quo and making it cool to be in farming. Right. And I love that you guys are partnering with this old historic uh, um, organization who mm-hmm. tells these stories. And then you're bringing this new cool technology and mm-hmm. this brand that you guys have built around App Harvest. I think it's super important to telling these stories and getting this this media out there yeah. to change the way that people think about this kind of stuff. And it, um, you can tell in my voice, I'm already excited about I it. I know. Like, I like I'm it. Ready, I like it. It I'm is. It's infectious. It like I yeah. think, I think anytime that you create an opportunity that people um, can get behind something that's going to be good for the community and it, and it just, what I've you know learned is it just makes really good business sense too. Yeah, the people absolutely. who are going to do the offtake of our produce are oversold. So they're very eager to, um, have access to this crop. Mm-hmm. Um, also, want to mention a couple other partners that are very important to our success. Uh, we work with SOAR, shaping our Appalachian region. Yeah. Um, they do a lot of work of coalition building throughout um, the eastern part of our state. 
Um, we're partnered with Eastern Kentucky Concentrated Employment Program, as well as TENCO. Those are groups that um, help with employment services. So we're really ramping up right now as we focus on building our team. It's going to be about 285 folks out there in Moorhead. Um, and we, that's a lot of people, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we, we need, we need help. We need community partners, mm-hmm. um, sourcing these folks. Um, so those are, those are some of our key partners. We're going to be working with Goodwill Industries, had a great meeting with them earlier this week. Um, they're going to be making available their career coaches. These are people who, um, Goodwill is, I think one of the, um, most underrated nonprofits out there right now because they do so much. Um, and, and they're really open to collaborating too. Um, they're going to be providing us with some of their career coaches to ensure that people, uh, we want to, you know, as a kind of a tech, bit of a tech company, spin on it, an agriculture tech company, uh, we're hoping to avoid paper applications. Mm. Um, we want to do everything, you know, on a tablet and yeah. have everything in our system. It'll just streamline things, you know, our tech folks yourself, you know, it just yeah. streamlines a lot of things. Right. Absolutely. Um, but nor would we ever want it to be a barrier to entry. And we've heard that it might be for some folks that they're just much more comfortable with a paper application. So working with Goodwill to bring in some career coaches to help make sure people are able to put in, you know, something as simple as put in an application in an efficient mm-hmm. way. And the last partner I'd love to just um, uh, mention is the, a found, the foundation that supports uh, future farmers of America. That We have a Kentucky chapter here, and I've had a, a great kind of interaction with the foundation executive director. Um, I, I applaud her for taking uh, an institution um, that's focused on traditional agriculture and wanting to partner with someone like App Harvest to have discussions about how can we um, hold that and value traditional agriculture while also introducing kids and FFA clubs to modern agriculture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So like you said, people are eager to have these conversations and to figure out what is possible. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys are cultivating right now the current base of employment that might come up when you need it for you know the current mm-hmm. situation but you guys are also cultivating to use that word again i think it just makes so much sense uh the future of what you guys are going to be employing through the education systems uh these upcoming you know professionals that are currently students you guys have amazing programs in place with these schools to educate these people and these students on agricultural practices of what you guys are using um talk a bit about your all's program, so the App Harvest High School Ag Tech program. Mm-hmm. Talk a bit about that, and we'll dive you know into that in a bit more detail. But give a high level explanation of that. Sure, sure, would love to. Uh, so this was uh, an opportunity to uh, make an investment in a rural Eastern Kentucky school. It's in Pike County. It's called Shelby Valley High School, and just have all the best things to say about that school because they've been the most wonderful partners to us. They. They saw an opportunity to partner, and they said, yes, let's do this. And they made it happen within a matter of days. We planted a container farm there, and it's um, a 40-foot converted steel shipping container that is equipped with um, an amazing amount of technology, um, a full LED lighting array, um, a, a system to manage the farm. That's both the irrigation and the lighting and the HVAC systems, including a speaker system, by the way, um, <laughs> that you can all manage from an app. So I could, I have on my phone an app uh, that I could open and I could adjust the pH in our water tanks that are Wow. Um, you know, feeding our leafy greens out there right now. Yeah. Uh, we have a full-time staff out there who who monitors and manages the farming in partnership with the the high school students. But 
um, taking this opportunity to introduce a learning living laboratory and getting students hands-on experience with the technology. And there's, you know, there's tech here, there's biology, there's chemistry, there's yeah. marketing. There are lots of different opportunities here. Yeah, so I mean, tying growing all that, that. Stu- yeah, tying all that stuff into mm-hmm. what they're learning in all these other classes, I can imagine how cool that would be to be in high school. And right. I mean, it's it's all comes together into one thing. These classes and the stuff that they're learning, you guys have the physical greenhouse there, and then you also have this brand behind App Harvest that's, you guys built a cool brand. I, so I think it's very easy for these students to get behind what you guys are doing when you're putting those mm-hmm. those programs very intentionally in front of them. Mm-hmm. You guys did a pilot, right, mm-hmm. which was last year. Mm-hmm. What did you all see out of that pilot? What were some of the cool results that you guys noticed? Sure. So uh, Ramel helped um, do the classroom piece of that instruction, and um, then there was the, um, the hands-on experience out of the container farm. Um, this year, we have a, a new staff member, Molly, who is doing a wonderful job of, of uh, continuing to grow beautiful food in that container farm. She's engaged the culinary program, which is another kind of spin on things is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where does your food come from? How do you prepare food? Yeah. What is the difference in taste and texture of food that came out of its growing environment within hours versus days and weeks sometimes <laughs> with what we find on our grocery store yeah. shelves? Like, you know, exploring that. Um, focus on agriculture and, and tech, you know, and this is technology that makes this possible to grow year round, um, and finding ways to, to distribute that food in the community that, you know, has some really neat impacts. Um, she's done a really great job there. So we're also in partnership with, um, five additional schools and other ones kind of in the works to do in classroom, um, hydroponic, um, and NFT systems. So, um, just creating new opportunity is, is something we're excited about with growing the program out of that initial pilot. Got it. And so all of this is in an effort to one of your all's big visions is to make Appalachia the ag tech capital of the world. Mm-hmm. What are you all seeing? And this is probably an obvious answer, but like, what do you all see in Appalachia that makes you think that this is going to be possible? Right. Yeah. Like what, what, what about this region? A few things, a few things. Um, first the geography, um, and the model of the Netherlands, we know that the footprint of the Netherlands fits snugly inside the footprint Hmm. of Kentucky, Kentucky's Appalachian region. So this is possible. Um, we also, um, have been investing in university partnerships, uh, a nice delegation of folks from, Five universities, um, University of Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky University, Morehead State University, Berea College, and the University of Pikeville all just spent a week over in the Netherlands um, getting to know two of the Dutch universities there and getting to meet some business leaders there. So um, creating that hub and that tight-knit network of um, institutions that can develop expertise. We, we know we have, we know it works. The Netherlands are doing it. They're the, um, you may have heard the stat. Um, they're the world's second leading exporter of agricultural goods, second only to the U S think about the land mass of the Netherlands versus the U S. So we can, we can create this. Um, so out of that, that trip, um, and that experience, uh, we had some, um, government leaders, we had some business leaders, we're doing the follow-up out of that trip. Now there are folks, um, and businesses from the Netherlands that would love to have some incubator space over here. So doing the diligence of facilitating those conversations and, you know, one of the university, um, faculty that came back 
referred to that trip as a transformative educational experience. I, I I think that's very exciting that yeah. um, through this effort and this vision, we're showing we're 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 giving people the opportunity to see what is possible. Um, and I, I in no way mean to take credit for that. You know, App Harvest is part of just showing you know directing attention to some other things that have happened and are really successful and saying, hey, why not here? We can do this. We can have this. Absolutely success here in Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that. I love that you were saying that App Harvest is directing the attention towards that because that is what middle tech is all about. Mm-hmm. You guys are doing it in the ag tech industry. And what we're trying to do is direct people's attention to like, look at all this amazing stuff that's happening in Kentucky. And I think great examples of this are all these incredible companies that I had no clue existed before I came and started recording with them. And mm-hmm. just the fact that to direct, to go back to that directing attention leads to a, a whole array of different opportunities from that. So just, I don't know. I think that this whole thing is so cool how it all ties back together to that. One word or one phrase that you guys use is farming now movement. Mm-hmm. What, what does that mean? So farming now is, is building a new opportunity. Um, you asked, you know, also kind of tying back to why is this possible here? Um, Eastern Kentucky is a region and, and I have, I have partners. Part of what my job is, you know, someone who focuses on community is to, um, help find voices that need to be heard. Um, that's part of the reason why it was about a year ago now, honestly, that we, um, helped, um, um, sponsor TEDx Corbin. So, realizing that there are a lot of voices out in Eastern Kentucky that need to be heard is important. Um, so creating space for dialogue on, um, you know, one of our partners has said, don't, don't do things to us. Um, let us be part of the conversation. And, you know, I think that's a work in progress. I think that there's a lot of heart and, you know, meaning that came into that partner wanting to share that sentiment with us. So, um, I, I think being really focused on listening is important. Um, and building the farming now movement is is taking all of this history and all of this cultural kind of um, context and creating a new opportunity. So bringing controlled environment agriculture um, to a state that has a very rich agrarian history um, and layering it in. It's an all you know what we've talked about most recently is an all of the above approach. Um, given the sensitivity of our food system, um, the the world will need. Uh, what is it? Fifty percent more food. You may have to, nine oh billion God. people. Sir. Yeah, to by the world by the year twenty fifty, we're yeah. going to need a lot more food. Yeah. So there's room for all of us at this table. So the farming now movement is about creating a new opportunity and a new um, pathway with controlled environment agriculture. Yeah, the community that you guys are in, Appalachia. You mentioned earlier that some of them has have a hesitancy when it comes to companies moving in, mm-hmm. and because of bad experiences. Totally fair. So far, your all's reception has been, how would you describe it? I mean, it seems to be very positive. You guys are doing an amazing job, you know, digging those roots in the community. That's what mm-hmm. we've been talking about. What, you know, what has the reception been? Is it progressing the way you guys has, has, has hoped uh, would, would it would go? Because um, it's very long-term, I'm sure, to develop that right. kind of relationship. So talk about what that's looked like so far. Right. Well, we've been um, very, very happy and welcomed by the Rowan County community where our greenhouse is in um, just 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 right around um, Moorhead, Kentucky. So uh, it's a beautiful area. It's, um, you know, the Appalachian Regional Commission recognizes a, a large number of communities as Appalachian 
in the area, and Round County is certainly one of them. Um, so uh, everyone is so welcoming. You know, you were talking about how welcoming and friendly Kentuckians are. Mm-hmm. That carries through. Um, and I think people are just so excited to have a positive story told about Eastern Kentucky that, oh, yeah. um, and have positive interest and in, in new capital coming to the state that yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's been nice to, um, have people be excited about that. Um, you know, there are still, as there would be with any new project, there are folks who are still, you know, I'll believe it when I see it, but by George, oh, all of the steel and glass is going up. So yeah. Um, yeah, we still have a lot of challenges to, um, to address and that's our good work in the next mission critical year. Yeah. So we always like to end with a forward looking statement on what the future Mm -hmm. looks like. Mm -hmm. What does it look like when a agricultural capital is achieved? Mm -hmm. What, what, what are we going to be looking at in Appalachia? You know, Mm -hmm. right now it's mainly partnerships, it's agreements, it's, it's, um, it's, you know, handshakes. It's mm-hmm. you guys are building an amazing greenhouse, but when all of those pieces together, mm-hmm. what are, what are we going to see in, in Appalachia? Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. And it's not just related to Appalachia. Just sorry to cut you off, but no, okay. you know, part of that education you guys are doing is mm-hmm. you know not only do you want people to come to App Harvest right. when they graduate college, but you want them to come back and start other companies related to agriculture, right? Absolutely. So talk, you know, back to the question: uh, What does it look like when that's achieved? Sure. Sure. Um, well, I appreciate the focus on the future because I think that it's a bright one um, for Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky. Um, App Harvest will continue to um, explore opportunities to to create, um, you know, more greenhouses, more jobs, and uh, you know this concept of the business incubator, finding ways to create conversation between academia, between businesses, both locally and internationally. Uh, we want to grow our own growers. Um, so that's everything from uh, the academic programs to um, the supporting businesses that could be potentially founded by nature of, of seeing uh, the potential to build a whole new sector here in Kentucky. Uh, we're talking with uh, folks in government about what is ag tech, and you're totally right, it is more than uh, hydroponics and you know there are a lot there's just a lot of potential here mm-hmm. so starting that conversation and thank you all for having me t- this evening and sure. you know sharing being able to share the story I think it's it's a piece of a very bright future in Eastern Kentucky. Mm-hmm.